Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of failed efforts, I transformed my marriage, parenting, business, and health in just six months by learning how to repair my nervous system and move trauma out of my body. And now I'm here to help you do the same thing. Get ready to hear inspirational stories and walk away with tangible guidance on how to design your blueprint to your breakthrough life. Welcome back, friends, to an episode that I'm personally selfishly so excited to pick this woman's brain about. We have Chandler Summerfell on the podcast today. And Chandler, would you please introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was super stoked when you reached out because selfishly, I've been loving your Instagram and the content that you've been putting out. But like she said, I'm a pregnant postpartum coach. My background started with strength and functional training. And then over time, it's like progressed more and more to women. And then after not thinking that I could have kids and have kids now selfishly, it's like become a strength and conditioning specific to like postpartum, you know, can help pregnant women. It's all connected. But my passion every day is to help women feel and look their best as they're navigating motherhood, because it's one thing to look and feel our best just being a woman. And then it's totally different now when we have kids in play, how do we do that through all stages of life? And just for definition's sake, like what is postpartum? Like I'm even (laughs) thinking last night, my mom is 73, but like technically isn't she just in this super long postpartum stage too? How do you define it? I think we so often just the way the media has presented it is like postpartum is like the first year or the early months, you know, and it's like, I'm looking for a postpartum coach and through conversations with several women, like even my mom, she's 61 years old and had three C-sections and she has back pain and stuff. And I'm like, well, technically like you're postpartum, like you have, if you haven't done work to help your body recover, I mean, you're still struggling with that, you know, from birth, like your body goes through insane changes. So I think we're used to hearing postpartum is like when it's the hard part, when the baby's not sleeping in the first three months, but it is, I would say postpartum is forever because it is. That's interesting. Yeah. I want to dive into the core and we'll totally unpack all of that, but I'm curious with you, like what was your delivery story and how did your body change pre-baby post-baby? For me, fortunately, I mean, all birth is traumatic, no matter how easy the experience, um, just because of the change that happens in your body. You know, my labor was the worst part, actually, not actually the birth part. Um, when it came time to like pushing, it was like 30 minutes and I didn't have any tearing. It was in quote easy. My labor was like three days though. (laughs) So that was pretty terrible. I actually, this is funny. It's not funny. It's funny now. I tried all of the holistic things and did everything that you can think of or hear or research. And I got acupuncture a few times. And the last time that I went, I fainted. And when I woke up, there was like water everywhere. And so I woke up and the acupuncturist was like, oh my God, this is the first time I've ever induced labor. This is amazing. Cause I, I had contractions when I woke up, essentially like I fainted and came back. And then all of a sudden, like I started having contractions. I ended up going to the hospital. My water did not break because when you faint, you can pee. And so I, that was that, but it did start my contractions, but it was not my water that broke. So unfortunately 
I think it prompted labor earlier than I was ready. And that's why it lasted so freaking long. And it was like, they were three minutes apart for over like 48 hours. It was just like, not, yeah. So after not sleeping for one night, I went in and I was like, just induce me because I like, it's not progressing and I need help to help it progress because I just cannot go any longer not sleeping. So it sucked, but then like the further away you get from it, like, I think your brain, like from an evolution perspective, tries to make you forget, you know, when you see your baby smile and it's like, oh, I could do that again. You know, it doesn't seem so hard anymore, but yeah, yeah. relatively speaking, you know, to answer your question is, you know, your body is different. You know, you grow human for 10 months. Um, but I put in a lot of work throughout my whole life building that foundation and then specifically also in pregnancy. And I think it translated into the recovery really well um, in terms of like what my body was allowed to do. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. I just can't even imagine how exhausted you were after three days. And I want to know too, like what was postpartum like for you? Did you have baby blues? Like what were the challenges in when I say postpartum, I mean the way the world usually defines it, like those early newborn days. Yeah, I, I'm an endurance athlete, so I have like the strength training background, but you know, I'm used to doing something really hard for a long extended period of time. Birth is the longest thing I've ever experienced, but everything like just kind of, it's like you just go into this like survival mode, right? So when you're in that, you kind of just don't even know what time or day it is. And you're just like, doing the thing. And that like extended for a while for me. It's not just like the first day or week or anything like that. It's just kind of like now I'm a little over a year after giving birth and you can like start to reflect back, you know, it's, but it's taken me up until a year to be able to like, Oh, you know, and like start to separate that. But the hardest part for me is like, you're so used to doing a thing and you do that for a while. And then the minute you you give birth, it's like, you have to flip a switch and then you can't do the thing that you've been relying upon for so long. So there's things that warrant an identity shift, but I would argue that giving birth is the most dramatic one. Giving birth is the most dramatic identity shift. That's powerful. Unpack that for us. What do you mean by that? (laughs) You know, we are who we are today because of our previous habits, thoughts, patterns, actions, beliefs, everything. So I'm 30 years old. So that's 30 years of programming to be who I am today off of those things. But like you have certain things in your life that you're addicted to and you're like, why? It's bad for me. And it's because of the thoughts, habits, actions, patterns, beliefs. And so it's this programming. And, you know, when you give birth, you no longer can rely on those things that feel safe. So, you know, like working out or I don't know, your social activities with friends, watching TV, whatever it is that like you can just go on autopilot that feels safe. You don't have to do any thinking. It's like with a flip of a switch, you can no longer do that. It's like you, the baby's born. And then all of a sudden you're like in this body that you don't know how to be in because you've spent 30 years or however long in a different body. Yeah. It's so true. You're in a body that you don't know how to be in. I um had huge babies, like 914 and 915. So mm-hmm. I had diastasis recti. Do you know what that is? The ab separation. 
And I used to have nice abs, Chandler. They were like nice abs and then ripped apart. Now there's a bulge like down my belly always. I also have an umbilical hernia. So there's like a small bulge right above my belly button, which is so not cute. And then I have slight prolapse. (laughs) So all the things, all the things. And my goal is, you know, to have flat toned abs again and to be able to run without peeing. My husband and I still play on a co-ed rec soccer team. And it's like embarrassing. And mm-hmm. I've tried YouTube video workouts. I've paid for a program on diastasis recti and how to heal it. I never finished it. I've been procrastinating, seeking out like a pelvic floor therapist or scheduling with a surgeon just because of all of these like yeah. subconscious barriers that pop up. But what guidance do you have for someone like me about strengthening my core after you know, I, I try to thank my body for what it was able to do and, you know, all of that good stuff. But still, I have goals for wanting to strengthen it again. I guess I would ask, like, why, you know, you haven't sought out a pelvic floor physical therapist or you didn't finish the program. Like, so what, like, not turning it back on yeah. you, like what's prompting the delay or not follow through with those things? So the program, to be honest, like, when I invest in a program, I usually go all in and I show up to everything. And like, I've done really well with coaching programs. This was the one that I didn't. And it it honestly wasn't very professional. Like I was having a hard time getting into the actual videos and the, you know, stuff like technical dif- difficulties that the woman leading it wasn't answering my questions. And it was like, gotcha. she'd be late to her live sessions. And it was like kind of haphazard. So I was just kind of turned off. So that's to answer that one. And then honestly, avoiding seeking out pelvic floor therapist, my husband and I have to get our own private insurance and it doesn't cover things like this. So that's a barrier of like, how much is this going to cost? I haven't even sought it out just because it's like a, a mental block. And same thing with a surgeon. Like I, I just hate all things insurance, especially because I have a unique insurance that a lot of typical like medical places don't even understand when I try to explain to them what a medical sharing program is as opposed to traditional insurance. Girl, you just (laughs) brought up so much stuff. It's crazy, right? Like roll your ankle and then you get a prescription on how to like help rehab your ankle for like three months, right? give birth. And then it's just like, okay, we'll see you in six weeks. And then if you stop bleeding, it's like, okay, now you're cleared for exercise and that's it. I mean, you, you mentioned you have maybe like limiting things or some things that are preventing that. It's almost like society standards that has like molded that for so many people too. It's just kind of like, this is the thing. Like I give birth, we go home, we go on with our lives, like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And then we go back six weeks. You're not bleeding. Okay, great. And so I think there's a lot of work being done. Like hopefully part of what I'm doing is a part of that shift, but, and that there is so much more than we can do than just like sit back and wait. You know, they say, don't do anything until you're six weeks. And I can't tell you how many women come and are like two weeks and they like are afraid to do anything, you know, until they're told it's okay. But like, but, but what does okay mean other than like, you're not bleeding. So it's my advice is, you know, it's easier when you're a first time mom, but when you're pregnant, start doing the research, you know, so you have a game plan going into postpartum, then like the baby's born and then trying to figure it out because you have energy for the baby and it's so much harder to have energy for yourself. So it's a lot 
you know, again, that's different. You know, if you already have a little toddler or a few running around and then you're pregnant again, trying to figure things out. But generally speaking for the first time, mom, it's like, you're still yourself, even though your belly is growing. So take that time to think about what am I going to do to set yourself up going into postpartum, maybe even start those practices and habits now, because when you're pregnant, obviously like your belly grows, your abs are separating. So you can do a lot of that work that would translate really well into postpartum and your body's used to it. You're in a routine of it, like all of those things. And it's so much easier to implement. What also going places is really hard when you have kids too. And so, you know, I've been working on a program that is like at your own pace and it's at home and there's video modules and things like that, that take off the pressure of having to go places because I get it. Like you never know when you're going to have two minutes to yourself. And so making it not be so hard, like you don't have to do this for an hour. Here's five minutes, do this and start there. I don't know if I totally answered your question on best advice, but you know, knowledge is power. We're in control of that. So spending time while you're pregnant to set yourself up is like step one, I think, Mm -hmm. to make that shit easier. It's good advice that, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, it's just not talked about in our society. There's like so much talk and check-ins, you know, before the baby comes and not a lot of preparation or education on what can even happen. Like, I remember talking to so many mom friends be like, nobody warned us about this part of postpartum. Oh my God. Yeah. Like the breastfeeding part or nursing. And it it's, yeah, I've had so many conversations about that because it's, you have expectations and it's never going to be that like what Mm -hmm. you think it's going to be. And so being able to like roll with the changes of that, I even just like going back to the birth experience, like after the baby was born, how they, they come in and they compress your stomach so many times. I'm like, why didn't I know this? (laughs) Like, this is the worst part. It hurt. Um, It hurt so bad. Yeah. But practically speaking, where would I go if, you know, it's too late for me to take that advice? I'm not pregnant anymore. My son is almost seven. Like I've been delaying this for seven years. My daughter is almost four. I did take like a micro step this week. I actually chatted with a friend who's a pelvic floor therapist and I put it on my to-do list to seek one out. Like I haven't sought one out yet, but it was like one step closer. Is that where you would start if you were me, if I have this ab separation umbilical hernia issue, slight prolapse. Is that where you would start? Yeah. I mean, my favorite quote ever is failing to plan is planning to fail. So in a world of being a mom and all of the chaos, you know, I have my calendar that is like color coded for things. It doesn't always go to plan, but you're likely closer to hit your mark of making decisions by having it there. Right. So I would say that's an a beautiful step one is just even like making an appointment. But my biggest piece of advice for where you're at is to just see where you're at, like go see someone and see Mm -hmm. it, like get a diagnosis of like, okay, this is where you're at with these things. And then that's going to help you move forward. Because until then you're kind of just living in this world of like, well, I know I have these things going on, but I don't necessarily know what's the best plan of action. Like, where do I start? You know, I I have ab separation, but I'm also like peeing when I run. Like, do I start with like doing core stuff or do I like, what do I do to Mm -hmm. focus on what? So just getting a diagnosis and helping come up with a game plan would be like the step, the first step that I would take. Okay. This is helpful. You're inspiring me. Okay. 
So I feel like some women love to work out and then others like me don't. <laughs> like I love playing soccer. Uh, I look forward to that every week. But when I think of working out, it's more of like a, I do it and I end up feeling good that I did, but it's never like, I can't wait to work out. Do you try to help your clients get to that place where they love it? Or how do you handle women who maybe are more like me? Yeah. So how do you create results? It's consistency. How are you consistent? It's by doing things that you love. So a lot of it has been like unpacking with different women. Like what do they love? Cause I think, again, it goes back to social media or what other people are doing. And it's like, we see people doing things and you're like, okay, well you love strength training and doing that, but I don't love it. So it's hard to be consistent with something that you don't love. There is a delicate balance of you have to maybe try it to learn that you don't love it, but also like the consistency of it can make you love it. It's hard to get there, but really like maybe we could habit stack. So you said you love soccer, right? So that is your main goal. I'm assuming because you mentioned that you pee when you run, right? Mm -hmm. So you love soccer, but it's probably slightly uncomfortable if you're trying to kick a ball or you're nudging up against someone and it's making you pee. So there's motivation there to do things to make you not pee to do what you love. Mm -hmm. Right. So trying to unpack pieces like that, like I love mountain biking more the endurance stuff, but like I, you know, I'd go running trail running and I would pee. So yes, I love strength training. Maybe I'm an anomaly for that, but it's like, my motivation of strength training is going to make me stronger so I can carry an 80 pound kid up a mountain. Mm-hmm. So it like there it's un it's different for everybody. So that's why like, I, I hate the, like, it's a one size fits all thing because it, and again, this goes back to mindset. Why I love like pillars of training. There's exercise, there's nutrition, but then mindset. So mindset runs the machine when it comes to like our exercise and nutrition in terms of our motivation. Like, why do you eat the things that you do? Why do you do the movements that you do? It's this mindset, you know, like we could unpack why you don't love working out um, and start there and then try to like find ways to keep you consistent with it. You know, so again, like if your abs are separated, you have pain, you're peeing, but then we're not doing things to support correcting that, then I would ask what's worse. We have to choose our hard. Is our hard to just not do anything and be uncomfortable and be in pain? Or is the hard just to do the thing that we know that's going to make us better? Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And that's actually so helpful. And I had an aha moment when you were talking, because even with the mindset, something that's helped me dramatically over the past year is I have these affirmations that I've recorded myself saying them in the areas of my life that matter to me. So my marriage, parenting, health, business, our finances, all of the negative beliefs have just turned into like where I want to be. And that's the affirmations that I listen to every day. And so I know the power of especially affirmations combined with somatic work. My, my listeners know the power of bringing in the nervous system to what you're like speaking into the universe, but I don't have anything in this area. So it was just like a, Oh, aha moment. Like, let me just add that in there of something like, I love healing my pelvic floor and healing it every day. I don't know. I'll get it. I'll think. Uh, How about like a, are you, you're familiar with Mel Robbins probably. That sounds familiar. 
she she talks about the the high five habit is her book but this is a new tool that because I love the somatic stuff but she talks about neurobics so you think about like aerobics but your brain so aerobics for your brain neurobics and the high five habit is like we are throughout our whole life you know you think maybe you can't run a marathon but then you're running and then people are like high-fiving you and so a high five is conditioned with positive experience. Like you can do the thing. You can do this. You can do hard things. So her high five habit is just high fiving yourself in the mirror, not somebody else, but to yourself. And you don't have to say anything, do anything, just the high five because our brain is already associating it with something positive. Further on that, she talks about brushing your teeth with your opposite hand because your brain has to hyper-focus on the skill. That's why like learning skills is so important because your brain has to hyper-focus on it to learn it. So something as simple as like writing with your opposite hand, brushing your teeth with your opposite hand, eating cereal, like doing something that is hard and then maybe visualizing with it. So you don't have to say like, I love healing my pelvic floor. Maybe like your visualization is you are playing soccer and you're not peeing. You know, and you can imagine that beautiful thing, like, right? Like, so brush your teeth with your opposite hand and do that thing. And you're associating that reality and your brain is going to believe it. So you're going to have to start doing the actions to support what your body and brain are experiencing to be real. I love that so much. No, I haven't <laughs> heard of that. I love it. I'm going to look up Mel Robbins now and, and try that. <laughs> That's super cool. That's unique. Yeah, <laughs> listening. If you try that, DM Chandler and me and tell us that you high fived the mirror. So yeah, <laughs> take a selfie and tag us. So I know too. Some of my listeners are thinking right now, like I'm just exhausted and my marriage is going through hell and I'm depressed. Like all I want to do is put on Bluey for my kids and hide under the blankets. What advice do you have for women who just aren't motivated to even begin? That's a loaded question. I could go so many ways with that. How do you answer that? Because it's, you know, really hard to get yourself to do the thing when you don't want to do the thing, even though you know the thing is going to make you feel better. Um, again, this goes back to like, we are we are programmed with our past thoughts, habits, actions, beliefs, all of that. And then the baby's born. And now it's just like, I have to create this new reality and you're so focused on the baby that you're not focused on yourself. So like my biggest piece of advice is we know how we used to operate before kids. So we have that vision in our head and then the kids come and we get really down on ourselves because we're not living that same vision that we're used to. Like my two hour bike ride is now 20 minutes, right? Like what I'm getting at is start so freaking small that the task is easy. So like one of my clients is like, I really want to work out in the morning when my kids are asleep, because when I don't do that, I don't end up working out because the day gets ahead of me. I come home, all of this stuff. So her goal originally was I'm going to work out twice, like two times in the morning next week. What we broke down even further was because she wasn't doing it. And I'm like, why are you doing it? If you want to do it, (laughs) you know? So the goal is, why don't you just set your alarm like five minutes, maybe 10 minutes earlier than you normally get up and do nothing. Don't set any expectation for yourself because does waking up five minutes earlier sound way easier than waking up an hour early to work out? So when we set things that are unrealistic or too hard, we just don't do it and put it off altogether. Like, oh, I've not been doing it for this long. It's 
fine. Or, or like, you know, if we haven't worked out in a while, working out every day sounds really hard. So I'm just going to continue not working out. What sounds easy to you? Is it working out for five minutes next week? And that is it. Is it two 20 minute workouts? Like what is your version of easy and start there? Because when it's easy, you can do it. And I, I also like implementing the five minute rule. Like when we're tired and I think about a workout, like I'm going to go on the gym and stretch for five minutes and that's it. Like that's the expectation for myself. Cause usually once you start moving, it's easy to continue, but it's how do we get ourselves motivated to even start? So my goal for myself is five minutes. Mm. Like I'm going to go do five air squats, a couple kneeling pushups, a little bit of a stretch, give myself five minutes. And if I'm still tired, I don't want to do it. I'm exhausted. I'm starving then I'm not going to do it because I gave myself that five minutes to get in the routine of trying, but it's likely you're going to be able to do it. It's the motivate. It's getting yourself to start. Um, mm-hmm. So setting that goal so easy that you literally cannot say no. And that's the only expectation we should set for ourselves. That's so helpful. Like even with me putting the note in my phone, that was like a so easy step that I was able to celebrate. And it made me feel like at least I'm like one inch closer because it's true. We throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have these black and white extremes of like, especially if we're comparing our previous capability pre-baby, like we used to enjoy two hour bike rides or whatever it was, not me, but you. (laughs) And like (laughs) now 20 minutes just seems like pointless, but we are brand new, like with brand new bodies and brand new capacities for our energy and, and all of that after the baby. So I love that just starting small. So I felt like, yeah, that made sense to me. And then for me, even talking to you today about all of this is like another easy baby step, you know, closer to the actual appointment. (laughs) Okay. So now what about body image? Like we become unrecognizable postpartum, whether it's like lopsided boobs or stretch marks or baby weight or thin hair. And we, the moms that I've talked to, you know, can relate to avoiding the mirror, like getting out of the shower and just like looking down even while we wrap ourselves in a towel or hurrying up and getting dressed before our husband can even see us naked. What is something that can help us as we do walk around with this different shape than we've been used to our whole lives? And what do you have to say about body image? A lot. (laughs) I am where I am now because of mental health with body image it's something that you don't necessarily realize it's happening and can be happening in the background until you're older and you're like, Oh, this is why I view myself this way. You know, growing up, it's always like, why aren't you wearing makeup today? All your friends are wearing makeup, you know, or, or or things like that. And so like, when you get older, all of a sudden it's like, I I guess, you know, not that my mom didn't love me, you know, cause I didn't have mascara on or something, but it's the, the things that like the people around you, all of that. Right program you again it goes back to our previous thoughts habits actions patterns beliefs to make us feel a certain way things are easier to control before you have kids then you have kids and it's a lot harder and our body's different and now it's like we are just living in a body that we don't recognize I had three knee surgeries after my first surgery I gained a ton of weight And then I went down to, I'm like five, seven. I went down to like 105 pounds after my second surgery. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm never gaining weight like this again. And that is what started this whole health and fitness journey. I lost my period for six years. I didn't even think that I could have kids. 
And so the whole postpartum thing was a dramatic shift for me because for a while I was like, my hormones aren't healthy. I'm not going to be able to have kids. And so I gravitated heavily on this endurance and what my body looked like and all of these things, because I I thought that was going to be my life. I moved to Colorado, adventuring, all this stuff. And then I got pregnant. And so it was just this crazy thing. Like, you know, my body's this certain way. It looks this way. I'm, I don't know, you know, I'm living in this one reality and then I have kids. And so now my, I like the, the, the identity shift was very traumatic for me. Um, especially like I identified by my ability on a mountain bike. And when you like, when Bodie was born, it was like, well, I can't bike with him. I thought I healed all of my body image when I was pregnant because it was the first time in forever that I was like, I'm just enjoying being in my body because when you're pregnant, there's the expectation that your belly is going to get bigger. And so like, I think a lot of us can start to like come to terms with that when we're pregnant, like we're doing this beautiful thing. We're growing life and our bodies are like relished and you know, this is super special. And then the baby comes out and it's just like all attention goes to the baby and no longer like your body, you're not allowed to just be in this body that created this miracle. It's like immediately, because again, we talk about, we are today because of our thoughts, habits, actions, patterns, belief. So the baby is born. And then all of a sudden, like we are in a body that is not representative of the last, however many years. And nobody talks about that. It's just like, and, and we're tr- like, I know women are trying so hard to get rid of this bounce back culture. And we can say those things, well, you can't control what happens in your head. Like it, you know, it pops up right away. And so, um, that's why, you know, we talk about, you don't love working out, right. Or, you know, things like that, but it's like movement is medicine. Cause you never, you don't regret the workout. The only re- workout that you regret is the one that you didn't do. And when you're doing that thing, whatever it is, playing soccer, going mountain biking, going for a walk, whatever, that is empowering. It's inspiring. And maybe for a minute, we can forget what our body looks like and focus more on what it can do. That's kind of been like my mantra throughout all of this is it's not about what my body looks like. My body is already freaking strong. I birthed the human, right? But then the 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 baby's gone. And then it's like, oh, you're not like, you know, you, you don't feel that same sense of strength and you have to recreate that. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. Hopefully this is, I love the tangent. Please continue. Um, This will be the last time I go to this, but we talk about, we are today because of our thoughts, habits, actions, belief from the past. Okay. So this is my like aha moment. So now the baby is born. We are, we instantly have to create this new reality for the baby, right? So if we think about it, everything that we're doing in the first year, especially while it's a very new, fresh reality, five years from now, we will look back and all of those things is what created that five-year future. So while we're already forced to change postpartum to adapt to like helping your kids survive, we might as well implement habits that five years from now are the habits that we rely on because that's who we are. So I was very particular about mindset things like affirmations, reading a lot of books about the positivity and, and and like journaling every day, envisioning a future. I know it's so hard, but it gets easier. Again, we set the five minute expectation for ourselves to do the thing. And I can say that I'm a year postpartum and doing that work when it was really hard and I wasn't sleeping and I was writing those things 
you can do it so much that you believe that to be your reality. And now I've, I feel like I'm starting to believe that where it is actually what our body can do and not what it looks like. I can look in a mirror naked and be like, I am strong, right? Like take a marker and on your mirror, right? I am strong. So when you're looking at yourself and maybe you don't want to in the mirror, do it, right? I am strong. And you're going to start to believe those things. It sounds so silly and simple, but it's like, why do we spend so much money on things to make us look certain ways when the most simple thing is to spend five minutes being nice to ourselves? Mm. Like, I don't, why is it so hard to do that? Mm-hmm. Man, it's so true. Like it, it's what I found too, though. It's, it's the stuff that's almost too simple to be as powerful as it is. And it's exactly what you're talking about, you know, in our our um, client community, we do hand over heart a lot because we're so quick to self-criticize. And so just practicing taking a pause, putting your hand on your chest and just speaking to yourself nicely and in a compassionate way. And if, you know, you're like me, it feels so dumb at first. It's like, this is so stupid, you know, and corny and all the things, but then you start to notice like, oh, I actually feel better and my (laughs) muscles are loosening up. And especially for my listeners who's most of them, their marriage is in a rough spot. You know, so much of what we talked about today is learning how to reclaim yourself, you know, whether that's your body and feeling strong in the body that you have or your mind, you know, just in your own spirit. This is what is key and pivotal and primary to shift any relationships in your life, whether it's, you know, wanting to create the marriage of your dreams. It's being your best self or wanting to create the parenting dynamic of your dreams. It starts with being your best self and it's not selfish. So Chandler, this was such an enjoyable conversation. And I know so many people will get so much out of this. Where can people find you if they want to hit you up with their baby step questions? for Yeah, I would love it. Just even to like say like strength in numbers, right? It's all about a community and you don't have to be alone. It's a motherhood tribe, right? So just connecting with me on Instagram is probably the best place. I'm on other platforms, but I think I have like two posts on TikTok. So <laughs> don't really find me there. But it's it's at with Chan you can. Um, so hopefully that's an easy one to remember. But yeah, I mean, that's where most of the content's out there. And you know, there you'll find that it's mostly mindset stuff. You know, I am a coach that it has a foundation in strength and nutrition and conditioning, but as I'm sure you've heard on this, it's, it's, it starts with the mind. You have to love yourself and be happy in your body. And it, you know, you only have one. So mm, I'm going on it. more, tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely include the link in the show notes. So they know where to find you Chandler. And the last question I always ask my guests is what has been the biggest breakthrough in your life? And what was the key to that breakthrough? Oh man, the biggest breakthrough in my life was having a kid. Because the for, the change that it has forced upon me to recreate a better body image and love myself and find patience and gratitude in life and the simplicity of things, like, I believe that if I never had kids, I would not be able to love myself in the way that I do today, or it would be like surface level love. So I am, you know, as hard as it can be to see a body that we don't recognize, it's also extremely beautiful because it lets us love ourselves in a way that we might never have imagined, but we have to do the work that doesn't just happen on our own. So 
yeah, like it, it, it's a daily grind and a practice, but I think I answered both of your questions. Um, yeah, it's the hardest thing, but also the best thing at the same time, you know, I love it, which is true for most things in life, but I'm excited to DM you when I set up my, my pelvic floor therapy appointment, (laughs) or actually I'm going to high five myself in the mirror first and then I'll DM you (laughs) Chandler. Thank you for today. You were a joy to get to know and pick your brain. And I know somebody got value out of this. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I love and appreciate you so much. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating or review to help others find the show. To learn more about working with me or joining the I Do Breakthrough community, head over to my Instagram at Rebecca Lee Aste, where you can learn all about my program in my bio. And please send me a DM with your takeaway from today. I'd be honored to connect and know what landed for you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you next week.